Podcast Answer Man, episode number 150. everybody and welcome back to another episode of the podcast answer man my name is cliff ravenscraft and of course this is the podcast about podcasting and today i'm going to be uh sharing with you i'm going to start things off with two technical things related to podcasting and then i'm going to move into a little bit more of uh, some personal details about how things are changing for me here and the way that i approach podcasting as my career I want to tell you a little bit about that if you might be interested stick around so, uh, well, let me just give you the breakdown of what we're going to start off with here. Uh, the first thing I want to do is I want to share with you the power of using a blog and or video alongside your audio podcast. The next thing I'm going to talk about in this episode is rebranding your podcast. We've got a great question from John Wilkerson, and I'll be playing his question and giving some thoughts on that. I'm also going to share with you a little bit of my PodCamp Nashville 2010 experience and I then will tell you a little bit about my decision uh, related to how I'm going to move forward with podcast equipment sales. Also want to uh, let you know just some other things that I have been working on as far as the um, digital products that I have available and some other coaching things happening here in the near future. So a lot of things to talk about. Let's get things started right here, right now. And let me just share with you um, you guys have heard me say this before, and, and I can't recall when the last time I said it was on Podcast Answer Man, but I say it a lot. And uh, basically, one of the things that I share quite openly is the fact that I am anti, um, I am anti video podcasts. Uh, not, not that I hate them altogether, and in fact, there's very rare exceptions to the rule. Uh, and the most importantly for me, there's one video podcast that I am subscribed to that I actually have never missed an episode of. And I'm proud to say that that is my good friend, Callie Lewis, over there at geekbrief.tv. She has a four to six minute daily tech blog uh, or tech podcast that is very well done in video form. Very short, very sweet, uh, to the point. And um, it is the one video podcast that I have remained subscribed to from day one and have never unsubscribed to, from it. Now, with that being said, I will tell you that there are times over the last couple of years, there have been times when I will I will actually literally get backed up to where I have seven or eight of those on my iTunes or on my iPhone and I end up watching like all of them, you know, back to back trying to get caught up on them and why is it why why do they get backed up and the reason for them to get backed up is due to the fact that I oftentimes am only able to listen to audio or consume podcast content when I'm away from my computer it's not necessarily that's the only time I can but it's the only time I choose to you know, a lot of people out there today are listening to podcasts while they walk on the treadmill, going for a run. Uh, maybe they're driving to or from work. You know, I think it was 47.1 million people drive 30, 30 to 40 minutes one way each day to and from work. And so, you know, there, there's a lot of people with a lot of time that could listen to audio content. Now, I've I've shared before that there are people out there and I, you, one of you individuals out there 
uh, that happens to be a co-host of one of our particular podcasts that may or may not be following the recording of today's podcast. Answer, man. Uh, not saying any names, though. Uh, we'll actually drive while watching 45-minute video podcasts, uh, but that's not exactly advisable, and nor is it a very safe habit to, to get into. So, I would suggest that, you know, if you're going to be driving and commuting, the probably the best kind of content for you to consume would be audio. So with that being said, I would like to say that, um, you know, I prefer doing audio podcasts. There are a couple of other reasons why. And number one is that audio, it, it doesn't it's not very expensive to make, uh, well, relatively, it's not very expensive to make your audio sound professional, just as good as any broadcast radio station out there. In fact, oftentimes you can exceed the quality of many radio stations out there today, especially the ones that are syndicated via satellite and their, you know, they, their audio sounds all washed out anyway. Uh, so, so it doesn't take a whole lot to get some really great professional audio sound but when it comes to video if you want to get something that kind of anywhere comes close to the production values of what you see on television these days you better believe there's going to be some money involved not to mention the fact that you know there's the expertise on how to get the lighting just right and you know video is just not only that it takes a lot more time to produce you know I I happen to know that Callie you know she does she does uh, one video podcast and then she does I think she also has an audio podcast that she does as well Uh, but I happen to know that that four to six minute video podcast takes her all day long to produce I mean literally all day long it takes her an entire day to produce uh, you know, a total of four to six minutes of consumable content to do it at the quality at which she does it, which is, of course, the only quality so far that has really kept me subscribed uh, to a video podcast. Now, with that being said, I want to say that there are multiple reasons why video podcasting could be great for you and having a longer format will be a perfect for you as well. I probably just personally will not subscribe to it. And that, that's all I'm saying. Now, with this being said, I believe that every podcaster, every audio podcaster should be doing some video. And I mean short format, little bits and pieces here and there. In fact, you should be doing it hopefully 10 minutes or less so that you can actually uh, put it on YouTube. YouTube is a is a distribution channel that is practically untapped by many audio podcasters, including myself. And that's about ready to change. But I just want to let you know that it's something that I believe could and should be generating a lot of new um, listeners for you and and even building a community around that channel. Uh, But the thing is, is though you what you can do is you can create a little tiny short YouTube videos of yourself and embed those on your podcasting website. There's some real benefits here is that it can actually give, it can put a, a face with a name or a face with a voice. Perhaps maybe you're like me and you maybe don't have the face for the video stuff. And so maybe you just prefer being a, a, a talking head. But anyway, seriously, um, one of the things that you could do, I think would be interesting, and this is something that I've been saying a lot recently, and eventually you're going to see me get, come around and doing this. In fact, you're going to see me doing a whole lot of exciting stuff when I announce to you the, some of the things that are going on in the scheduling that I do. 
But one of the things I believe is that I, I want to get around to creating, some, you know, I, I have about pages on podcastanswerman.com and I have an about page on my pursuingabalancelife.com and I have a, an about page on gspn.tv. But they're, they're all text with maybe a little image here or there. But I, I you know, I want to keep the text there. There are people who consume text. That's what they love. But I also want to put a video. I, I want to put a video. I want to say, hey, you're at podcastanswerman.com. I want to welcome you to my website. Let me tell you what, you know, what this site is. Let me tell you how this got started. And I could go on for 10 minutes of telling people about Podcast Answer Man. And in 10 minutes, I can create a compelling, engaging video that will capture people's attention and really give them a feel for what they can find on my site and how it all began and and how to best make use of the site. And in 10 minutes, if I were to transcribe all that and then type it up and put it on the about page, you'd actually come to the about page and you would look at all the text and it's like, whoa, I don't have time to read that. At least let me just say this. Maybe you wouldn't, but I would. I would, I would look at your about page and if it's more than two or three paragraphs, I don't have time to re- read, you know, paragraph after paragraph after paragraph of you telling me, you know, what your page is about. But a video I'll watch. It, it's crazy. It, it's crazy like that. Now, not only this, but um, a lot of podcasters, I'm, I'm surprised when they hire me, they say, hey, Cliff, you know, I wonder if I should start a blog to go with my podcast. And my answer is, well, yeah, shouldn't your, your number one, your, your show notes, the, the posting of your content is hopefully put into a blog engine or, or at least some content, content management system like WordPress that's designed for blogging purposes. But you should be putting that out there. And they say, well, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, doing some blogging as well. So where should I put that? Should I create another website? I'm like, no, you want to put that on your same website. I believe you should have, I think the best case scenario is to have your home on the web. You know, that one place you invite people to. And, and I know some businesses, and especially in the earlier days of podcasting, they had their business static website. Was It's kind of like their bro, online brochure that really never changed. Then they, had, they launched a blog, which was somewhere else on some other service. And then some of them were starting and launching podcasts, which that's on some other page on some other service. And none of them really connected well with one another, with the exception of that they basically did a bunch of hyperlinking back and forth to each other. And the, the the problem is, is, you know, you're you're asking people to hop, to jump, hop and skip from one place on the Web over to another. Now, technically speaking, you could do that to where it's not too hard. But I really feel like you could actually consolidate everything into one place on the Web that you call home. And so when somebody types up your website address, they come and they see well, you can choose. They can see the most recent up-to-date information, uh, such as the most recent blog post or the most recent uh, audio episode or the most recent video update that you put on your site. Or you could actually change it to where they actually see a static page that that kind of is your online brochure that really doesn't change very much, but there's access all over the site where people can navigate to the dynamic information that does change. But having everything all hosted in one place uh, kind of kind of keeps everything neat and tidy. But I really believe that podcasters should be blogging in between episodes. And it's not, I mean, you don't have to, but here's one of the things that I've learned. There are some people out there who love to read. 
I mean, they absolutely love to read, but I'm not one of those people. So, you, you know, you come, to, I come to your website and I see a bunch of written text. If I see a play button right next to it, by golly, I'm hitting the play button and I will listen to you, but I'm not going to read your site. Now, hopefully that's going to change uh, when the iPad comes out. I do have plans to purchase an iPad as soon as it comes out. And I plan on having that pretty much most of the time sitting right there on my nightstand. And I plan on, uh, you know, I'm, I use Google Reader. I'm subscribed to blogs. And I'm looking forward to start really sitting down and having a form factor of something that, that is going to be different from a laptop that I can actually read blogs on. But, uh, and I've, I've been forcing myself to read a lot more. I've been actually even branching out into audio books and some other stuff. But, you know, as far as reading goes, I prefer audio. Now, the thing is, though, there are people out there that they would prefer you actually transcribe your entire episode. They would prefer not to listen to you talk because, to be honest with you, they could read three times as fast as you can speak. And so if you were to actually write every single word of everything you said in your podcast and they were to be able to read it, they could read it in one fourth of the time it would take to listen to you say it. And, um, you know, that's definitely not me, but those people are out there. And so these people would love to consume any content that you have. And this is why you should definitely even be making your, uh, your, your show notes, uh, a little bit, you know, a little bit beefier than just putting, you know, Hey, I talked about this, 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 and this, in this episode, I'm guilty of that, by the way, I'm guilty of that. In fact, I'm guilty of a lot of the things that I think that would make your podcast better. I'm guilty of not doing those things myself. And a lot of it's because of it. It's because of how, how, how far spread I've allowed myself to become over the years. You know, some things that I'm working on right now, I'm tightening things up, uh, little by little, but I'm, I'm learning to focus more on a few things and to do those things with ex, with greater excellence um, and and to to uh, kind of let go of some of the things that aren't as important. And th- that's very difficult when you once you've extended your, yourself. And this is one of the things, by the way, I'll just inject this in here that, you know, clients call me all the time and say, hey, Cliff, I want to start an entire network of podcasts. And one of the things I do, I tell them right up front, it's like, listen, you might think it's exciting to have, you know, 13 different podcasts, but I'm telling you, there's a real concern here in th- spreading yourself thin. Uh, you know, I'd really suggest that you start out with one podcast, maybe two, maybe two if you have a real passion for it or goodness gracious third, but certainly don't, don't do one where the, don't spread it out to two different podcasts. If the target audience is the same for both, uh, you know, it, it, it concerns me when you start doing multiple podcasts and you can't really focus the time, energy, and attention to do the one really well. And that's been a real struggle for me. And of course, it's one of the reasons why I decided that, you know what, this is, I need to make this my full-time career because I, I need to be able to devote more time to this stuff. And even the more time, it's just like, I, I have to fight the temptation to start new shows. In fact, I had uh, three invitations this week for people from people who wanted me to start a show with them. And I, and I had to explain to them, I said, listen, I'm really trying to you know, pair back on the number of shows that I do so that I can do the shows that, that I'm most passionate about with, with greater excellence. And, and so I suggest that you, you kind of start off with one show and, and really focus on it and do the show notes extremely well, spend the time, 
um, you know, kind of really going through and giving a little synopsis in written form in your in your show notes about what your episode contains. And the good thing is, is again, that picks it up in Google. Uh, Google can index your site better. You get more search engine traffic to your site. Uh, and the same is true with blogging. You know, do some blogging of stuff that you didn't podcast. Um, anyway, uh, the I'm I'm kind of looking at the uh, chat room. They're saying, "Listen, don't give up on Doctor Who, Cliff." I'm not gonna give up on Doctor Who. Uh, so anyway, the thing is, though, is that um, you know I I think you should you should consider doing some blogging in between episodes. Some things that are added value. The idea here is when you create a blog you can actually cause people to want to come to your site more. One of the drawbacks of the um, of podcasting, just focusing on your audio podcast, if there's no reason to come to your website, then pretty much, you know, those people just listen to your content and they'll be, they'll be content to listen to your content. But the thing is, is you want to do things to drive people back to your website. And there could be a multiple number of reasons for this to, to happen. For me, I want to draw people back to my website so that they will see that they can connect with me on Twitter and Facebook. I want people to come to my website so that they can see that I have digital products that you can purchase. I want people to come to my website to see that I have other shows that I produce. Perhaps, perhaps maybe I, I don't mention in every single episode that I have 23 other shows that you could subscribe to. You know, there's a lot of things that I talk about on my website that, you know, I, I'm not going to be able to communicate in every single episode without it turning into a full-blown infomercial. And so if I can get them to come to my website to read consistent new information or more valuable information related to the show notes in the show notes related to the podcast episode that they just had, this is good stuff. And I found this. This is a blog post from years ago, from an old, old blog that I did. Now, I have a podcast. It's called Pursuing a Balanced Life. You can find it at pursuingabalancedlife.com. However, a long time ago, uh, it used to be called My Crazy Life, and, and but I rebranded it. And I will tell you a little bit about that story when I get to the next call. But anyway, um, it was called My Crazy Life, and I was blogging about this on my personal blog, which was... Uh, well, you, you can find it at ravenscraft.org slash old blog if you really want to go looking for it. But anyway, I want to read to you a blog post that I wrote. All right. And I'm just going to read it to you right here the best I can. I always have a hard time reading things when I'm recording a podcast. I don't know why, uh, but it'll explain to you why I don't like to read very much. Anyway, I was sitting at my desk talking with a client about his about his life insurance. Of course, this is back when I was still selling insurance and uh, was not doing podcasting full time, as you can see. Anyway, I was sitting at my desk talking with a client about his life insurance. My cell phone beeped, indicating that Stephanie wanted to talk to me. I responded to the beep. We use Nextel, which has the walkie-talkie feature. I said that I was with a client and I asked if I could call her back in just a moment. There was no response. A few minutes later, there was another beep. I responded again, but still nothing in return. I learned later that Matthew was trying to use the phone to beep me. Working on an issue for my client, I was on the phone with a life insurance underwriter when I heard someone else in the office talking to my son, Matthew, on another phone line. I heard the question, Matthew, what's wrong? Immediately, my heart sunk to my shoes, and I immediately had a rush of adrenaline that flowed through my body. 
I was told that I needed to pick up line one that there was an emergency. I told the life insurance underwriter that I had to disconnect, that there was a family emergency that I had to respond to. I immediately hung up that phone line and took line one. My son, Matthew, told me that I needed to come home because my daughter, McKenna, was bleeding. I asked him if mommy was there and he said he just said, mommy needs you to come home right now. I told Matthew to tell mommy that I would be right there. I apologized to my client and told him that there was an emergency at home and I had to go immediately. He obviously understood and I bolted out the door. Before I could even make it to the car, my first response was to begin praying right away. I will continue with the rest of this story in the next episode of My Crazy Life. Keep an eye out for episode number 49 titled An Emergency Call. Dun, dun, dun. My friends, let me tell you, that episode was much anticipated. And do you want to know what the rest of that story was? Well, my friends, you'd have to actually listen to episode number 49 of My Crazy Life uh, yourself, which is still available, I believe, on the Plus Member Only feeds. Uh, However, I will do this for you. If you want to hear that story, I will make it available for free. I'll, I'll email you a link for free to anybody who is a subscriber of Podcast Answer Man. Just email me feedback at gspn.tv and in the subject line say, please send me episode 49 of My Crazy Life and I'll be happy to send that to you if you want to hear what happened there. But let me explain to you what I did is I created a blog post that was well before I was about ready to release that next answer, you know, that, that, that next thing there, uh, the, the next episode. And what happened, what happened there was that episode, when it finally came time, people were like eagerly anticipating the next episode. My question to you folks is when was the last time that somebody was eagerly anticipating your next episode and what can you do to create that anticipation. Anticipation breeds excitement. And when excitement happens around the content that you produce, then you have something that is probably going to gain the attention of many people. In fact, I remember uh, back in the day when people would say on Twitter, oh my gosh, can't wait until your next episode of My Crazy Life. I can't wait to your next episode of this because they were eagerly anticipating the answer to the story. And I saw people say things like, why? What's going on? Oh, Cliff's going to tell us about such and such. And and seeing all of a sudden, it's like all of a sudden you had hundreds of people who are sitting there reading about an upcoming episode of a podcast and people are linking back to the blog post. And it's like, wow, I can't wait to hear what this is all about. And so, yeah, so basically using video, using blog, make sure that you're doing things that drive people back to your website. That, that's, that's my advice for you today. All right, so moving right along, uh, like I said, lots of things I want to share with you in today's show. And so we're going to turn next to our friend John Wilkerson, who called in this question. Hi, Cliff. This is John Wilkerson from the Jesus Geek podcast. And this message is for the podcast answer man. I have a question about rebranding my podcast. I'm considering a rebrand of my podcast. Uh, Pretty much the same topics as far as technology is concerned, but to a different audience. Uh, Being a guy who does a technology podcast, I feel like right now my podcast is sort of being lost in the 
lost in just a multitude of technology podcasts that are out there. So my question for you is, if there is a podcast already that you have produced that talks about rebranding your podcast and some suggestions for that, uh, go ahead and direct me to that. That's fine. However, if uh, you haven't addressed that yet, I'd love to hear some of your cautions and some of your suggestions for doing a rebrand of a podcast. I'm talking about renaming the podcast, you know, what should I do with the RSS feed, the old RSS feed, et cetera, et cetera. Should I just start a new one? And those kind of things. And the second thing is I was listening to one of the Podcast Answer Man episodes. I can't remember which one it was, uh, but you had mentioned how you take the voice messages from the iPhone and convert them in iTunes. Well, I'd like to commend a tool to you called Format Factory, which is what I use to convert all kinds of weird different file formats to uh, whatever other format I want. I mean, you can convert video files and extract the audio from them. You can use, you know, convert weird audio files that you may get and convert them to WAVE or MP3 WAVE, obviously, if you're going to be putting them in a podcast. So I would just like to commend that to you. You can do a Google search for it. I'm sorry I don't have the uh, URL in front of me right now, but if you do a Google search for Format Factory, I think you will find that it's a great tool for converting any off-the-wall formats that's all that I have, and thanks for everything that you do, Cliff. I think your podcasts are wonderful, and I hope to hear this on the show. Bye. John, thank you so much for calling in your question, my friend. And uh, by the way, thank you for the Format Factory software recommendation. I immediately, once I previewed this voicemail, I went and down uh, did a Google search for it. I downloaded it, and it works great. It loads much faster than iTunes loads, and it is perfect for... Um, taking those voice memo, the the voice memo recordings that my listeners are sending to me via email, uh, it, it com- they come in M4A format, I believe, is what they are. They're an Apple format. Um, and it was very simple for me to just drag it over, convert it to Wave, and, and it works perfect. So uh, very quick, very easy, very efficient. Thank you so much for that. I've now got it down in my quick launch bar. And uh, again, folks, that is uh, if you just do a Google search for Format Factory, uh, it is a it's a neat little Windows program that uh, allows some easy con- uh, conversion. The other thing is it's freeware, and the other thing I like about it, and I haven't really had a need for this for quite some time, but I notice it's got a joiner uh, software, so you can actually take several MP3 files and join them together and uh, create one file. So that's something that I used to do a long time ago. Um, and of course, these days, I actually have a process and workflow in place where pretty much it, it you know, I, I get everything in right right at the front, but uh, definitely uh, some software to check out. So with, uh, with that, I would like to answer your question, John, about rebranding your podcast. This is something that, um, you know, I, I do know a little bit about because I have done this. Uh, I, I mentioned to you that I had a podcast called uh, My Crazy Life, and I had recorded 398 episodes of that podcast and then decided it was time for a change. 398 episodes over the course of three year pe- of a three-year period of time. And after three years and 398 episodes, I decided it was time to rebrand. Crazy, I know. 
Uh, well, it, the the original title was My Crazy Life. The thing is, is I chose to do it. The, the, the first bit of advice is, does it make sense to rebrand? I mean, you know, does it make sense to rebrand? There are a couple things you have to take into consideration is name recognition and brand recognition. Uh, I, this isn't something to take very lightly, uh, but if it's a show where you've got thousands of people who already subscribe to your podcast and all of this other stuff, is is it necessary for you to change the name of your show and and rebrand the title um, you know, to, to reach that new target audience? Or the question is, would the old name continue to work and maybe you just change the branding as, as far as the actual content and what the brand is about. Uh, now, in my circumstance, the the target audience was the same. The the brand, the actual content was the same, but the name definitely had to be changed in my mind. And and so let me explain to you why this is. Number one, the the old episode that I had or the old podcast that I had was called My Crazy Life. The thing is, is if you had no idea who Cliff Ravenscraft is, well, then who do you, you could care less about somebody's crazy life. You know, it's like, you know, your crazy life. Okay, big deal. You got a crazy life. Why would I subscribe to that? Um, and, and of course, you know, the whole concept is, you know, it, it, I was also just confessing that my life was crazy, you know, and, and, and of course the whole idea was that, you know, Hey, I have this crazy life and I'm trying to seek balance in my life. And I'm trying on a daily basis to become a better person and to become a better dad, better father, better, you know, whatever. I'm just trying to become better. I'm trying to, I've got a crazy life, but this is my journal of me sharing my journey in becoming a better person. And my crazy life seemingly was a good title. But the problem is, is I found that people just didn't get it. The only people who ever subscribed to my crazy life over the course of a three year period of time and over the course of, you know, 398 episodes was between 200 to 250 people. I'm telling you, I mean, this 398 episodes and I'm still only hitting about 200 to 250 subscribers. Well, I made the decision. It's like, listen, I'm getting serious about my health. And back, this is back in, in May of 2009. No, May of 2000. Yeah. May 2009. Uh, this is back when I really got serious about the fact that I am going to live a more balanced, healthy lifestyle. And I said, you know what? I'm pursuing a balanced life and I'm making a commitment. This show, I'm going to share with you my journey in finding more balance in my life. And I said, and and so much so that I am rebranding the show. I'm t- changing the title from My Crazy Life to Pursuing a Balanced Life. And I think that that Pursuing a Balanced Life is going to is going to be a better title because people will actually say, you know what? If they find this in the health and fitness sa- category under self-help, they see a title, you know, pursuing a balanced life. I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who are willing to to learn more about pursuing a balanced life and what that might look like and somebody's opinion and advice on how to live a more balanced and healthy lifestyle. And I was right. I was right. Let's just put it this way. Pursuing a balanced life uh, within the first six months took a major upswing in, in new subscribers. I, matter of fact, it immediately... 
I had people who were subscribed to several other GSPN shows who said, oh my gosh, I saw that you announced that you you are you know are launching a new brand called Pursuing a Balanced Life. Dude, I, I so need to get it, you know, live a more balanced life myself. And so I started listening and turns out, man, I should have been listening to this all along. So I had people who already knew me, who already cared about some of the most, you know, most of what I had to say, but they never checked out a thing called My Crazy Life because they just thought it was some just some cheesy audio journal. They didn't realize it was a sh- it was a show from the very beginning where I had been talking about the, you know, the fact that, you know, I wanted to um pursue a more balanced, healthy life. So, so in my case, changing the brand worked perfectly. Now you asked the question, what about your RSS feed? Well, you've already got people subscribed. My suggestion is that you don't do anything that is going to cause you to lose any of those subscribers. So my suggestion would be keep the same RSS feed moving forward. In fact, if you go to um, you, if you go to pursuing a balanced life, let me go there. Now, if you go to pursuing a balanced life.com, I encourage you to do this in the show notes section. You will see three little subscription chiclets. One's for zoom. One's for iTunes. One's for RSS. If you click on the RSS feed, that'll take you to the feed burner feed for pursuing a balanced life. I want to tell you that when you go there, it will say feeds.feedburner.com forward slash my crazy life. That's right. It's got the old brand name, but who cares? What matters is that I did go into the FeedBurner account and I changed the title in there. I changed the description of the show. I changed everything about the website. I even changed the domain to pursuing a balanced life. Everything has been changed, but I made sure that those 200 to 250 subscribers who were already subscribed to my crazy life, that they didn't have to do anything to get to the new stuff. And to be honest with you, really, I don't know hardly anybody who actually looks at the URL of an RSS feed. I know I certainly don't, and I subscribe to a lot of content, and I am very familiar and very uh, conscious of the actual what URLs are and what what feeds are and what they're what they're named. But it doesn't matter to me if I was feeds.feedburner.com forward slash RB37Z5Z35 because it doesn't matter. All I care about is that if I have a link to the RSS feed and somebody clicks on it, it actually displays the appropriate information, including the name and the title, the, the description and all the branding stuff associated with it. So my suggestion is that you don't change your RSS feed, but you do change everything else that is associated with it. So that's a little personal advice there. Um, other things to consider are, you know, you know, what, what is this going to do for you? Another podcast that we have that, oh my goodness, has it been through the ringer when it comes to possible branding, uh, change. And that is a podcast called the full-time mom. Now this podcast, oh my goodness, there have no less than four times I went on a major campaign of why I feel like the full-time mom needs a different name. And every single time I've been convinced that changing the brand of full-time mom to anything else would be a bad decision. 
And so therefore, even today, it is still the Full-Time Mom Podcast. And you can find it at fulltimemompodcast.com. Anyway, this is a podcast that, um, you know, for the longest time, I just felt like the name doesn't say it at all. The name pretty much communicates, I believe, the brand that we chose kind of communicates that this is really only a show that's going to be interesting to stay-at-home moms. Not even close. Uh, It indicates that maybe this is all going to be about parenting stuff. Not even close. Uh, It indicates that maybe it's only going to be interesting to women. Not even close. But you know what? It doesn't matter because here we are, full-time mom. Let me go back to the archives real quick and I'll tell you how many episodes there are. 117 episodes. So there have been 117 episodes of full-time mom podcast. And of those 117 episodes, over the course, over the course of 117 episodes, 25% or more of the subscribers to this podcast are male. And I will tell you that almost 40 to 50% of the audience has no children. So it does, I mean, obviously it has got way beyond uh, the actual name. And in fact, Professor Allen's in the chat room uh, saying, I'm a huge fan of the full-time mom, despite its name, you know, and, and that's exactly it, despite its name. But the thing is, is now this this is one of those shows that has captured a lot of attention. There there are people who have blogged about the full-time mom. There are people who talk about the full-time in regular conversation. The full-time mom, the name is out there. And it would be ridiculous of us to actually change that brand. And so even if the even if the show were to change, the format of the show were to change, uh, you know, to, to where it almost even becomes a different show. The thing is, is the name would continue on always as the full time mom unless it just became downright completely uh, way outside of what that name actually entails. So, uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, Stephanie is a mom. She is a full time mom because, you know, and she, you know, not that doesn't necessarily mean stay at home, but she is a full time mom. She's going to she's a mom all the time and will be for the rest of her life. Even as our kids, you, we, we were talking today at lunch, you know, even, you know, I said, Stephanie, you know, even as our kids are in their 30s, you know, the, you could still be doing the full time mom and talking about what it's like to be the mom of, of kids who are in their 30s. You know, it, 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 it's still I mean, it's not necessarily what you focus all of your time and energy on at that time. But, you know, it, it's still a part of who you are. And it's your brand. And so, and Stephanie realizes that. And I understand now that My Crazy Life just was not a brand name that really ever caught on. I mean, the diehard people who listened to My Crazy Life, sure, they knew what it was all about. But anybody knew outside of it, people who just had not given it a thought yet, they saw the title My Crazy Life, it was not appealing. They see the title Pursuing a Balanced Life, and I will tell you what, It generates, immediately it generates interest in the topic among a whole cross-section of people. And so, yeah, I would definitely uh, say that, you know, there are some some things that are just better left alone, even if it wasn't the wisest decision originally. You know, brand equity is not easy to build. And when you have it, I think it's important to keep it. But there are some circumstances that I believe that it is important that you just say, you know what, we're 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 re-kicking things off and we're rebranding, we're relaunching, and and by all means, let's do it. 
So uh, help, I got a Mac. This is another podcast. Now, as far as I'm concerned, this was a show that I did. I started a long time ago. You'll never find th- those of you guys out there. You'll never find the original episodes, uh, the original first 12 episodes of help. I got a Mac anywhere unless you happen to have them archived on your own hard drive from the old days. But Help, I Got a Mac was a show that I got really excited when I first got my MacBook computer. It was my first Mac I ever owned. And then all of a sudden, after a couple episodes, I started to get a little nervous about the fact that I wasn't figuring out how to do certain things and there were limitations. And and all of a sudden, I became almost a Mac hater. And it's like, Help, I Got a Stupid Piece of Plastic. I was actually considering naming the podcast that. And it's like, you know, what is this piece of trash that I got with an apple on it? Um, you know, I mean, I was really, really hard on the Apple products. And then all of a sudden I came along this, you know, I came across this guy, his name's Chris Biting and, you know, he's all passionate about the Mac and he says, Hey Cliff, let me show you how to do this. Let's show you how to do that. And I'm like, Oh, this is cool. Okay. This isn't so bad. And then all of a sudden he was, he came along and, and he did a couple episodes with me. I said, hey, would you be interested in being my ongoing co-host? And he said, sure, I would love that. And we did two episodes and then all of a sudden, you know, I said, look, I'll tell you what, Let's get rid of the junk that I had originally in the in the archives and let's start fresh. Next week we will start episode 1, the newly refreshed, the new real newly relaunched Help I Got a Max show. We kept the same title, same name, every brand equity was still there, uh, although the brand equity the the actual content had changed drastically. So I think I think if you can Stick with the name, stick with it. But if you ha- if you feel like you need to change the name, then uh, cons- consider that. But I would certainly suggest keeping the RSS feed. If nothing else, and the RSS feed is that important to you, then my suggestion would be that you go into your WordPress and create a new category. Actually, no, what? Forget that. You don't need to do that. What you do is go to feedburner.com and create yourself a new RSS feed from the same original source and create it with the new feeds.feedburner.com slash your new name. And then what you do is just uh, delete the old uh, content or the old listing out of iTunes if that's necessary for you to do, which by the way, you don't have to, uh, but you know you could, you could if you needed to. And then you could actually start putting the subscription links to that new feed, but just keep feeding the old feed. It doesn't cost you anything to feed the old feed and just keep it going. And uh, with FeedBurner automatically picking up stuff from that original feed, it should be no problem at all. Anyway, so those are my thoughts there. Hopefully that's been helpful to you. If you have additional questions about that, John, feel free to call back in and let me know. Anybody else have any thoughts on that? Feel free to give us a call 859-795-4067. All right, next up, the thing that I want to cover here, and I forgot to mention this at the front of the show, and I apologize. Hopefully, you guys are still hanging out. All right, so I forgot to, to mention that I was going to cover this, but there is a uh, podcasting survey that I want to tell you guys about. Well, rather than me tell you about it, I'm going to take a break from talking here just a moment, mute myself, take a drink of water while Alan tells you about this survey. Hey, Cliff, it's Professor Allen calling for a podcast answer, man wanted to let you and your listeners know of an academic research project I'm involved in for my university, for my job, and invite the PAM listeners to participate and also to help get the word out. I'm doing a survey of podcast listeners, which is very new work in academics. Uh, preferences in terms of frequency and duration of podcasts, uh, who is listened to, how long uh, people have been listening to podcasts, 
when and where they listen, questions like that. Survey takes maybe 15 minutes, uh, max. Uh, I posted a link to the survey in the gspn.tv forum and uh, would really appreciate any uh, listener to podcasts to fill out the survey and to forward the link. Uh, that's key to use the social media, uh, Twitter or Facebook or, or other online forums. Uh, specifically, the PAM listeners, those of you who, uh, who produce podcasts uh, especially, if you would consider promoting the survey via your own podcast uh, webpage, show notes or forums, that would be uh, excellent. I'm trying to reach as many and as diverse a group of podcast listeners as possible. There is a spot near the end of the survey for podcast producers to leave contact info to receive a summary of the results of the study. Uh, things move slowly in academics. That will take uh, many months, but any podcaster who uh, fills out the survey and leaves their contact info will eventually um, get a, a summary of the results. And Cliff, I wanted to specifically thank you and the GSBN uh, community. Uh, within 24 hours of posting that link in the forum, the response was uh, mind-blowing. The number of people taking the survey spiked, and I've tracked some of the tweets and, and, and retweets. It's, it's been uh, terrific. Uh, uh, Wayne and uh, Kylie Mack in particular, two of the quickest responders. I wanted to thank them for tweeting and promoting it uh, in their own communities. Uh, it's just terrific. I'm sure there's been more activity in the forum since then. And again, I thank all who've, who've responded uh, just, to that, just to that post. You know that's already Cliff, but gsbn.tv is a great community. Uh, thanks, guys. Thank you, podcast listeners, and thank you, podcast producers. Alan, thank you so much. And I'm excited to hear that there is yet some more academic type of studies being done on podcasting, uh, just further proof that podcasting certainly is alive and active. And of course, I've seen a lot of retweeting happening out there on this uh, podcasting survey link. By the way, I've created a personalized link that is going to be easy for you as a podcast listener here to go and find. It is at gspn.tv forward slash podcast survey, all one word. Again, if you just type in gspn.tv forward slash podcast survey, and that will take you right to Professor Allen's uh, survey, and it doesn't take very long at all to go through it. It's got some excellent questions, and I certainly filled out my contact information. This is something, as a podcaster, you need to know this information. You definitely, the questions that he's asking here, they're all questions that I certainly ask all of my Plus members uh, once a year, I do a survey of all of my Plus members, and I get this kind of information. The kind of information that it's the same information that I'm using all the time in consulting to help my clients understand how people listen to content. You know, if you think I'm the only person that hates uh, video, and you happen to love video podcasts, and you think just because you listen, you love video podcasts, that everybody wants to watch your video, I got you got another thing coming to you. Uh, I, I'm telling you, I, I've got, I've got the statistics, I've got the numbers, I've done the research, uh, but I'll be, I'll be interested in, uh, basically getting back the results that, uh, Professor Allen has here. Again, that's gspn.tv forward slash podcast survey. 
Go check it out. Tell all of your listeners. By the way, this is not a podcaster survey, although <clears throat> there is they definitely want you as the podcaster and a podcast listener. But this is a podcast listener survey. So share this with your podcaster, with your community. Ask your listeners, please, to go to gspn.tv forward slash podcast survey and uh, ask your listeners to fill this out. And Professor Allen um, said, you know, it's, it, you know, things in the academic world, they don't turn around immediately. But you know what? In the world of podcasting, in the world of technology, it'll be six, eight months down the road. And then all of a sudden, we're going to get an email out of the blue from Professor Allen and says, hey, here's the findings that we found from the survey. And here's the study that we did. Uh, and, and it's like, oh, wow. Yeah, it seems like yesterday. So uh, definitely, definitely get signed up to get those results as well. Uh, something you should know as a podcaster is what your listeners are doing, what they're listening to. Uh, and if you haven't, a matter of fact, it might even be a good idea for you know you to actually create your own survey. I know that he's using SurveyMonkey. Uh, it's a service that I use when I do my surveys as well, and it's very inexpensive. And uh, it, 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 they have great results there. So anyway, uh, thank you very much, Professor Allen, for doing that and looking forward to those results. All right. A little bit about my PodCamp Nashville experience. I want to just uh, share with you real briefly uh, that I had an enjoyable experience at PodCamp Nashville. Every time I go to PodCamp, it's an enjoyable experience. I've never had a bad one. And this year, the venue was probably my least favorite venue out of all the podcasts that I've been to. It was the least favorite venue. It was at a. It was kind of like at a bar, and um, the 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 ambience in the room, the the actual the actual um, oh the well just the the way the the you know volume travels it, it just was not the greatest acoustics that's what i wanted acoustics was horrible in this place lighting was atrocious and upstairs where they had me speaking they had me speaking into this very loud loud uh speaker system and it was open to the entire bar and so it it, it was to be honest with you the the actual location the venue for podcamp nashville 2010 i think has been the the worst venue i've been to uh in in any podcamp now with that being said i will tell you that i had an awesome time at podcamp nashville it was an awesome event uh and there was some really great sessions there now um obviously i gave a session uh, talk at PodCamp Nashville. One of the things that I did is I took the most um, the most valuable pieces of the information from my evaluating a podcast uh, digital product. Uh, basically, I have a product that I created where I share with everybody all the points that I look at, all the different things I look at when I evaluate somebody's podcast. When somebody hires me and says, Cliff, can you evaluate my podcast and help me see areas of improvement, things that I can do to take my podcast to the next level? Well, I have all of this put together in a digital product and I took the most, you know, the most important ones and shared them in a 35 minute session. Now, I did not record that um, that day, but um, it, it went really well. And uh, it was it, it matter of fact, it got me to exactly what I wanted to have happen. And basically at the end of the session, I said to everybody that attended my session, I said, listen, I normally charge one hundred and fifty dollars an hour. 
but I'm going to be here all day long today. And as far as I'm concerned, I'll be sitting downstairs. If you want to come up to me at any point during the day and ask me as many questions as you want, I'm willing to freely share and freely give of my time today. I'm That's why I'm here. And so I pretty much was busy all day long meeting tons of new people and sharing a lot of information and making some great connections. Uh, I happen to know that I actually helped one person uh, take take something that was a complete hobby to her and I gave her three ideas of how she could actually earn income and I would be willing to bet that within the next six to 12 months she will quit her job and she will be doing what she loves for a living and making a minimum of $120,000 a year. And if you want to know who I'm talking about, her name is Lynn Besh, uh, and I would encourage you to go to historyreenactmentvideos.com. I believe that's it. And of course, I, I, there's no way I'm going to be able to respell this thing while I'm on here. But he, his, let's see here. History reenactment. It's actually historyreenactmentvideo.com. And she's got she's got a great idea. She's got a great hobby. And and one of the things that I told her she should do is she should actually definitely create a homeschooling curriculum about uh, colonial days and what it was like. And and uh, she has she has all the skills necessary to do it. And I'm really looking forward to seeing it. Uh, she got so excited that uh, she took us out to lunch. She took me out to lunch at the. Uh, Hard Rock, Hard Rock Cafe. We had a wonderful conversation. Just had a lot of fun meeting all kinds of new people like I do every year. And folks, let me tell you, when you, uh, yeah, I, they're saying it's not working. It is working. It's just that it's hard to spell reenactment. All uh, oh, is it, does the, you have to have the www. She not have the redirect working. Let me just try it real quick. And uh, no, the redirect works. It's just reenactment has two words, two e's in it. Uh, one of the one of the suggestions that I made for her was uh, that she needs to get a different URL. Um, that I mean, I'll be honest with you, I just can't spell anymore these days. I, I'm, I'm serious. It's just like I, I I rely on Google too much. But uh, I will tell you, historyreenactmentvideo.com is it's not necessarily. Um, it's not that it's not necessarily, um, hard to pronounce and remember. It's just trying to type that one in. It's just crazy, but maybe, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just, I just can't spell and I'll, I'll gladly admit that. That's why I have some, some folks proofread a lot of stuff for me. And, uh, anyway, uh, Andy says I was born stupid, not Google's fault. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah. So, so yes, PodCamp, this is my thing that I tell people all the time. If you're going to go to PodCamp, go have fun. And you know what? If necessary, go and, and, and take a part <laughs> to go and, and view a couple of the sessions. Now, I will tell you, I spent all day long networking and connecting with people. And if you are a podcaster and you want to network and connect with people, my suggestion is to get on the list to present if you become a presenter and you have compelling content in your presentation and then invite people to come and ask you free questions all day long, hopefully that'll keep you connected and uh, will also uh, help you to uh, network and, and stuff. I've had some amazing stuff come out of the um, out of the uh, the events and and already out of this one. I'm, I'm certain 
that I will probably have at least five to six ongoing consulting clients as a result of my my visit to Nashville this weekend. So uh, it, it was awesome. It was awesome. And by the way, I, I the, the venue was horrible. I, I, I don't mean to be like overly, con, you know, but the lighting was horrible. It was atrocious. The, the audio sounded horrible. Uh, it was there was so much distraction. It was just not the greatest venue in the world. But with that being said, who cares? Uh, the important stuff happened and people learned, people connected and and, uh, you know, the other the only other thing is and I'll, I say this every year about PodCamp Nashville. The only the only drag about PodCamp Nashville is that it's a single day event. That's the only drag about uh, PodCamp Nashville. I do not like single day events. I'd much prefer it be a Friday and Saturday event. That way you get more people coming from out of town and it makes sense to stay overnight. The evening party, you get more people show up and all that other stuff. So I definitely would prefer that. All right. And so um, anyway, we are going to move on to some other stuff here that I want to share with you. So I shared my PodCamp Nashville experience. Um, I want to let you know uh, real quick about my decision regarding podcasting equipment. I shared with you that I was going to update that. If you go to pursuingabalancedlife.com, you can see episode number 457 of that podcast. That's episode number 457 of Pursuing a Balanced Life. I share a lot about it there, but I'm just going to give you a brief rundown. Currently, over the next two weeks, I am suspending all sales of equipment. I, I am not selling any equipment whatsoever over the course of the next two weeks, and that's because I am doing some major transitioning in my approach to equipment sales. Uh, but for right now, uh, there I am currently putting a freeze on all equipment sales. Uh, moving forward, I can tell you that I will be updating my site and I will be continuing to sell packages uh, that that you will be able to purchase from the website. And uh, and I will continue to be, I'm going to continue to sell the Heil and its, its accessories. I will continue to sell some packages, all inclusive to, you know, that, that whole one-stop shop, get you everything you need to go. Um, and uh, by the way, those packages will be different than what you see on the website today. In fact, one of the things I've, I've got to do is get that thing done because I definitely have a different suggestion for some packages. Uh, and then uh, the other thing is, is that I'm going to create eventually um, like some videos, a, a frequently asked questions page of what I can answer for you in videos. Uh, and and those videos will be on the answers to the frequently asked questions will be on the website so that I can actually free up my inbox and not have to deal with a lot of one on one questions about what cables and and what is the right microphone for you. And I'm, I'm, I know what most people need these days and and I can actually point them to a specific video based upon an email that they might send, send me. But uh, yeah, for the next two weeks until further notice. Uh, I am not processing any equipment orders. My life is so much easier. I basically took out about two to four hours of my day each day of the week now, uh, which has been a huge blessing. And it has caused me to do something else, which is to finally, I'm getting caught up on all these video products. You remember a couple weeks back, I told you about the boot camp series. Well, I'm here to tell you that four out of eight, or no, four out of seven of those sessions are done. And I've got four more sessions to complete. I know that that doesn't add up to seven. It's eight. But uh, I did an extra session at WordPress, WordPress questions and answers or Q&A. 
Uh, so I've got four more to pr- produce, but let me ask, let me tell you this. I just want to say this. Um, if you would like to know why I chose to go to premium membership model and how I chose to do it, that session is available for purchase. It is a two-hour product. Uh, if you would like to know everything I believe a podcaster should know about using Adobe Audition, including how to do, even duplicate the sound that I get out of Podcast Answer Man and the other shows that I produce, that's available. It's called Adobe Audition 101. Um, if you would like to know how to go from having no domain and no hosting account to how to actually set all of it up, install WordPress, and configure it with the right plugins and how to post new content to WordPress all in one training product from beginning to end that you can follow yourself, that's available. It's called WordPress for Podcasters. Uh, and that's available. It's a two-hour program available for $100. And then another one is that evaluating a podcast. I share all of the things that I look at when I evaluate a podcast. I explain to you in detail what all of those things I look at. And I actually give you a very good breakdown of why these things are important. And uh, so many people have already found these things valuable. I'm actually collecting uh, testimonials from the people who have attended the webinars live and also the people who are already buying these digital products even before I've put them online for sale. I want to tell you something, folks. I'm also... That's the other thing I'll just share with you real quick is that uh, from this time... For, for From this point forward until I don't see any time or any reason to change this, but I'm actually limiting myself to 12 hours of consulting per week and Tuesday, month, let's see, Tuesdays and Wednesdays are going to be my days for consulting from nine to five. That's when I'm going to keep open in my schedule. And the only exception to Tuesdays and Wednesdays from nine to five is for those who cannot consult with me during business hours, normal business hours, I am ha- I'm going to have two two-hour slots open on Monday evenings. So I'm really freeing up my schedule. And the reason I'm doing that is so I can continue to focus on high-quality content here at gspn.tv and podcastanswerman.com so that I can actually continue to produce digital products that people can buy that are much less expensive. And um, I just wanted to let you guys know that... um, you know, a lot of things are changing here for me and a lot of things are really exciting. Yesterday, by the way, I want to let you know, and I'm just excited about this. Please bear with me. I made $600 yesterday and I only talked to two people for a total of two hours. And how I did that is I had one person said, Hey Cliff, can you, can I set up an appointment to have you teach me? And by the way, I'm going to back up the music for just a second here. I had, there we go. I had uh, one person say, Cliff, I'd like to know if I can have you hire, if I can hire you to train me on Adobe Audition. That's normally people would hire me for two hours for to walk through. I said, you know what? For a hundred dollars, I have a two hour training video that you can watch as many times as you want. She said, absolutely. Here's the money. Uh, And she had access to it immediately. She didn't have to wait to get on my calendar. She had access immediately. Uh, after that, I had a client who had purchased the WordPress for podcasters uh, product and he hired me for an hour to ask some addis- additional questions. I answered all of those additional questions. And during that call, he says, Cliff, I'm thinking about doing Adobe Audition. Can I hire you to do that? And he's, and I said, you know what? I've got a webinar. He says, I'll take it. And he says, is there any other advice you know, that I can give you uh, that you can give me for you know, launching my podcast, what I should be doing? I said, you need the evaluating a podcast webinar. 
he purchased it. So there you go. And then, of course, I had another consulting call that afternoon. So I made for the two hours of consulting at $150 per hour, I made $300 plus three digital products sold $600 in one day. God has blessed my business and I'm so appreciative of each and every one of you. We'll talk to you next week. Until then, join the community.